Well, hello, folks, and welcome to We the People. This is the American Soccer Podcast, in which you're going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. men's national team. I'm Clayton. I'm a rapper. I'm Ty. I'm a web designer. Oh, and we love the Nats. Screw you, Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we despise the Ghana. A lot of respect for you. A lot of respect for Ghana. Uh, Not really. <laughs> it's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. The game was USA versus Ghana. It's all in love. It's all in jest. We have a uh, friendly rivalry, and uh, we got to express that in this friendly on July 1st versus Ghana. It was wonderful. The game would end... Two to one. We're gonna get into everything that you need to know about this game. We're even gonna preview our gold cup, our departure into the Cup de Oro uh, versus Panama. Guys, thank you for joining us. The first thing we gotta do is the lineup. Ain't that right, Ty, old Line buddy, up, old boy? Line them TF up. We finna play. Hey, Guzan, both gloves, please. Enjoy. Take have fun. They're yours. You probably already knew that from the Rasta choice. It's yours. Uh, we're going to have Beasler. Guys, uh, buckle up, okay? This is a friendly in preparation for the Gold Cup. So we're talking a lot of names here. And if there are names you do not know, do not be afraid. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about these guys. In the, in, for our two center backs, we're going to have Matt Beasler and Matt Hedges. Matt and Matt, please. Matt, Matt. On the left-hand side in defense, we'll have Jorge Villafania holding it down back there on the left back. Right back is going to be Graham Zussi. We're going to play a double pivot, so we'll have two defensive midfielders uh, by the names of Dax McCarty and Kellen Acosta. Ooh. Ty's Pookie baby. Hello to Kellen He's Acosta's so mother if you're with us. Uh, follows us on Twitter at WTPPod. In the number 10 spot, blast from the past, folks. A little blast from the past here. Joe Corona, uh, we're going to have as our number 10. And then on the left side, we'll have Pauli Ariola Nips. And on the right in midfield, we'll have Kellen Rose. So we got Kellen and Kellen, and we got Matt and Matt. I like it very much. Kellen Rose, first cap. Congrats, boyo. Uh, another one who's getting their first cap today. Big boy Dommy Dwyer. Dom Dwyer Dom. is our striker. Welcome this, aboard. Welcome aboard, Sir Dom, uh, ex-Brit, new patriot. We love you. Welcome. All are welcome if you're good at soccer. This game uh, was, was fun to watch, I think, if you're a USA fan. I, I'm going to break it down in this way. I think at every minute of this game... You could point to an American player who was stealing the show in one way mm -hmm. or another. Yeah. So, for the first 12 minutes, Dax McCarty, folks, stole the show, was guiding the boat, uh, was solid in the back, showed confidence, stole uh, veteran the boat. while. He stole the boat and he guided it somewhere. Uh, with, all <laughs> of its, with all of its people still on there, it became his boat, my boat now. Uh, then Dom Dwyer started to take over. So Dom Dwyer 
played with a lot of emotions, <laughs> a lot of intensity. Good so, Lord Almighty, the man was was bringing back memories of a young Bobby Wood. He just cared so much. Uh, every every move was either an epic ten or a total gutter ball. Uh, the man it's was a r- the Red man, Bull situation with this <laughs> the guy. The man was going all the way in. <laughs> so really, for the remainder of the first half, it would be all Dom Dwyer, as commemorated by an 18th minute goal from your boy. After a few weird misses and a few not so hot plays, he had an awesome, awesome volley off of a more or less Viafania created opportunity. Uh, scores his first goal on his first cap, does his first backflip after doing a handspring, his first handspring. So he got his first handspring, his first goal, his first cap, his first backflip. He's the first U.S. international to ever have his first handspring and his first goal in his first cap. (laughs) Breaking fucking records. Uh, And then we'd get to see... An, uh, a second half that was dominated by our Pookie becoming America's Pookie baby, Kellen Acosta. America's next was, top Pookie America's baby. America's next top Acosta scored he's, in the 51st minute. There. He was amazing, glorious, gazelle-like live. strides, live. He uh, finally, finally, finally started to settle down after what I think has to be two hours of minutes for this national team. Uh, Finally started to settle down in the second half of this game versus Ghana. And uh, he scored on a free kick, which is epic and wonderful. Not, not, uh, doesn't speak to his ability to help the free play and and to to stop Ghanaian uh, attacks, uh, to nip them in the bud. No, no pun intended, Pauli Areola nips. Uh, but it, it, his performance was, was commemorated <laughs> by a 51st-minute free-kick goal. That was a weird free-kick. Uh, we'll talk about it. Very strange angle. It's very surprising. I think something the guys have probably seen in camp. And, uh, and then, uh, uh, so there was another side plot, which is Asamoah Gyan versus the United States, because that's pretty much all it was. And Stone cold, he was, there was an epic penalty kick that he got. Uh, in in uh, shortly after Acosta's goal, or right around the same time, and Guzan fucking rejected his ass, said no, no go, none shall pass. Uh, but in the 59th minute, Gian would get a, another free kick, and in this one he scores. So, what you gonna do? We got to see a few subs. We got to see a few. He needs the ball further out. That's right. He was score. too close. That that penalty yeah, close spot time. is is just shakes him off his game. We got to see Kellen Rowe would end up coming out for Giassi Zardes in the 60th minute. Thank goodness uh, we got to see Chelsea Zardes again. The traffic cone. 69th minute, we saw a double sub. Corona, uh, Joe Corona and Pauline Nips would be removed from this game for Kenny Saif, the man you've heard so much about, and Alejandro Bedoya, the man you never hear enough about. Uh, <laughs> there's, a weird, there's a weird thing with this substitution uh, in which Be- Ariola came out for Bedoya. <laughs> yeah, one Corona one came it. out for Saif. And then Saif was put in Ariola's position, and Bedoya was put in Corona's <laughs> position. So what the fuck? Why not just sub them? Anyways, it doesn't matter. So this game would end. This, this game would end two to one uh, with a few more glorious plays from Kellen Acosta, who really did steal the show for the entire second half. Uh, it was a friendly. It was a tune-up. We're going into the Gold Cup. Ty, what's your first impressions? Pretty solid outing. I was. Uh, Pleased from the, the, the lineup reveal, because the lineup was so similar to what I myself had wished for. It sure uh, was. Last podcast, including it sure the... sure was. It really uh, was, It, it did not include Saif from the start, which I presume uh, is down to this maybe niggling injury that has now turned into a full-blown injury, which means he's not here. 
um, and it had Graham Zussi in it, which I am I'm never for. Um, but uh, it, it seemed like the the idea was uh, similar to what I was hoping for, and it was really effective. I loved the double pivot in midfield. I loved uh, Dax as kind of a fake Bradley, um, and and uh, working with Acosta slightly uh, higher up the field. I loved the uh, aggression of of Dom Dwyer. It was so refreshing to see. Uh, you know, when you're used to watching Josie Altidore go out there. You know, Bob, Bobby Wood does this to some degree, but Bobby Wood doesn't have the agility that um, that, nor, that Dwyer has to get into these crazy have, yeah, tackles. And, agility. And these... Call it agility. It's like the, he's like, he, Dom Dwyer is very Yedlin-y in more ways than one. Okay? Oh, yes. First oh, of all, yes. first Absolutely. of all, physically, they, they're not, they don't look the same, but they're both, it's like it's like in that movie Twilight with the werewolves. Like they're both in the werewolf tribe. They all kind of look the same, you know. Right, right, not quite right, the same, yeah. but kind of the same. So they're there's both that. the same house in, in Game of Thrones. Yeah, they yeah. both seem they're, to yeah. be like incredible athletes who were just taught the game of soccer as opposed to like footballers. Sure. Um, and they also both have this incredible ability to. It's it's not. I'm, I don't want to say it's a flop. I don't want to say it's a dive, but it's like magnifying contact to just absurd degrees. Like he's like. <laughs> Flying, he's yeah. like flying right, right. through the, the air, like the, um, doing flip. The like should have been rotating. red card on Dwyer. <laughs> the, the goalkeeper comes in with like, you know, it was a bad, like it was a red card challenge. Sure, but Dwyer, sure, Dwyer sure. goes up in the air by about five feet. <laughs> I mean, it's to, like he does complete parkour flip <laughs> in the air. Intense, insane physical like occurrence that I think the referee here is like just can't can't wrap his head around what exactly has happened like Dom Dwyer doing a complete flip and landing on his feet was just not one of the options not one of the <laughs> outcomes in the playbook. <laughs> that should have happened <laughs> he's something else and that 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 little backflip thing you know it's just it's funny because celebrations are are hilarious but um it, it's kind of like emblematic of the way that he goes about his business in general uh-huh. is this like over exuberant like too much too much sometimes. Laying it on a little thick from time to time. <laughs> and I loved it. Lay, I was, I was on, thrilled to yeah, see this, the, the, this amount of zealous passion for, for the U.S. shirt. Thrilled. He um, lays it on almost can, as thick as why. he lays I mean, on wait, that hair gel. You wait years and years to be able to uh, play, in, play in moments like this. And he capitalized on, uh, he capitalized on, on a not amazing chance, a chance that uh, we've seen Mr. Altidore or Mr. Wood put wide or high or miss entirely uh, a number of times. Um, and he snatched it right out of the air, banged it home. It was beautiful. Uh, the, goal, the goal was really made by Viafania and then eventually missed by Viafania, who m- kind of made this challenge around the, the edge of the Ghanaian area, stole the ball, uh, jinked around a few defenders, uh, and then passed it, I think it was to Corona, and then made the continued his run. Corona put the little chip ball in, um, That's and right. Viafania just like Corona. didn't notice, and it just bounced off of him <laughs> <laughs> and came to this strange angle for Dwyer. Um, so some impressive moments from Viafania and an unimpressive moment, but it all it all worked out in the end, and it led to Dwyer having the chance to show what he can do. Um, but. But I think secondary to that, when it comes to Dwyer's performance, uh, the effort was really there. You also saw some, some of the shortcomings. You saw um, there was a breakaway 
a one-on-one uh, where he really ought to have scored. Oh, and, man. And the, oh. the keeper was able to save it, which, you know, credit to the keeper, but I think more clinical finishers would have would have put that one Zero away. So credit that's, to that's the, the package you're going to get. You're going to get this intense amount of effort, uh, but he's, he's – and he's he is – you know he's a he's a very solid striker, but he's not a, a world class clinical finisher, and and he's certainly not. You know, <laughs> let let's all temper our excitement because we have a new shiny toy. Um, he's he's a super good MLS striker. That's that's what he is, and that that doesn't mean he can't be a contributor, but he's not a World Cup winner, as we say. Correct. I was. I. I have the same feeling. I think it's important for people to keep that in mind and and use your eyes. That breakaway is the perfect example of the limitations of a player like Dom Dwyer. Like he's always going to work hard. He's an athletic dude, but he's simply doesn't have that high ceiling of class that someone like Kellen Acosta has. Ty, what do you think of the second half? Man, oh man, is this kid good? Oh, I, I and I kept waiting. For, we we've been waiting for it to emerge. We've been seeing little bits and pieces in the time that he's had on the field. Um, but he, yeah, he blossomed in this game, and he was he was outstanding. Uh, the goal, the goal aside, which is kind of the classic way that you should look at these things, because he hit that ball the same way, regardless of whether the keeper is completely idiotic about defending his uh, near post or far post. Um, or not, you know, even if that free kick had been saved, the, the game uh, that Acosta played would have been outstanding. Um, he, he, he was exceptional at uh, uh, keeping the ball moving at the right pace, slowing the game down when it needed to be, to be slowed down, um, taking uh, uh, one-touch passes aggressively with, with good vision and imagination, um, and, and on top of that all, being, being a, a threat uh, in the attack as well. So I overall, think, a great performance. I think playing with Dax McCarty is really helpful. There's a skill that Dax yeah, does sure. uh, that's crucial for the development of the players around him where he's passing the ball. Sorry to bring up Dax. Like, it, it's related, though. It'll, it'll loop back in. He's your he's, pookie baby. He is, man. He's becoming that really fast. We'll I, get you a Dax as, Especially when I realize that Dax and I are the same fucking age, even though we look like a decade apart in age. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you look way older. (laughs) He looks 56. I look 66. So what he does in the midfield is he he takes a simple pass to the feet pass, 10 to 15 yards, and he places it two to three yards uncomfortably in the direction that he wants the next player, like, uh, that he wants the player to face and go. So if he's going to Kellen Acosta, he's he's giving it two to three yards behind Kellen Acosta, and and, and it, you know the first reaction is oh shit I gotta get to this, and then all of a sudden Kellen's facing backwards towards his defender who's available where the ball should go, and uh, the reverse happens as well where Dax will, will knock it two to three yards in front of Kellen, and he has to catch up to it, and he's like oh damn like, and at first it's like wait, that wasn't straight to the feet, but then Kellen's receiving it, and he's facing Joe Corona, who's making a diagonal run, and Dax saw all that shit coming. So I think it's really good for Kellen. Uh, I think you see the results of playing with a player like that in Kellen's game. I do not think he's all the way calm yet. He's not mentally where I'd like him to be, uh, but he's getting there. And I think the more this Gold Cup is perfect for him, and the more he plays with Dax, the more relaxed he'll be, because Dax is somebody who who psychologically is on point. If I could put Dax's brain in Bradley's body, I think we'd be mm-hmm, we'd mm-hmm. we'd have like a really uh, good player and somebody who reaches their potential on any given day. Dax is playing to his 9 or 10 every time he hits the field. 
And I think that sense, you know, Kellen Acosta physically has better traits than Dax McCarty. So to play with somebody who physically is inferior to you but is outperforming you uh, just based on the psychological side of the game, it's like uh, Roldan playing with Ozzy Alonso. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was, wow, that was, that was brilliant, Clayton. Oh, I love yeah. that analysis. And da- yeah. Dax, uh, that, that passing in front or in back is absolutely a, a, a big part of his game. He's not just dictating who the ball should go to. He's dictating the next couple passes That's right. um, with, with his vision. And he, um, uh, it, it kind of addresses one of the key flaws of the, the U.S. soccer, uh, what's, the, what's the right word? Situation. I'm not sure, um, but Matt Matt Doyle has talked about this a, a decent amount from MLS.com. Um, how the U.S. players are very bad at receiving the ball, at taking passes in a way that leads to the next action. You know, we we look at passing as kind of a point A to point B kind of thing, but right. those more uh, more aggressive, more sort of predictive uh, passing patterns are what can make a, a sort of metronomic. You know game uh work out um so yeah it, it is really it was really cool to see and the the other trait that i thought the whole team possessed uh against ghana was a, a willingness to go one touch which you often don't see in friendlies because one touch means you make mistakes more often and we saw mistakes happen but when it came off it came off really well like there was one particular um passage in the second half where acosta hit a first-time ball like 40 yards upfield to the onrushing Zussi, and he hit it He hit it perfectly, but it was more his, his vision recognition oh, that, that, that it was, was even peach. possible that, that is impressive. That was a fucking peach. That was one yeah. of his so, gems. And he had a couple game. of those. I mean, and actually the whole team did. Uh, uh, Dax had a, a back heel one-touch uh, pass down the, down the, um, down the line uh, on, the, on the left wing in the second half that was really great so it it seemed like there was a specific instruction that i'm not going to judge you if you take you know uh aggressive one touch lines to try to make something happen you know that uh maybe bruce is is instilling a a little bit more fearlessness into the into the squad that way so our our left and right midfielders totally just changing gears our left and right midfielders Paul Ariola Nips and Kellen Rowe are both very young, young fishies, uh, kind of building their way into this team. Paul Ariola Nips, who we've seen a, a, a few times now, and uh, Kellen Rowe is his first cap. Ty, what did you think of these guys? I, I myself, just did, I didn't see an effect. I didn't see them have any impact on this game, and they were in a position to really have an impact on this game. The, the way this team lined up and what their their traits and abilities are. Lots of speed, very dribbly whip some crosses in, stuff like that. And I just didn't ever see it. Like, at, at the very best, they were a link in the chain. At the very best, they, I never saw either of them really get some penetration or do anything to kind of stake a claim for themselves on this team. Uh, what were your thoughts on our, on our youngest on the field? Yeah, I would agree. I think they were, um, they were dropping deep a decent amount, which I wasn't expecting looking at the lineup. Like, I thought it was going to be like 4-2, 3-1. But it was a, a little bit more like four four one one something like that, um, where Ariola and Rowe were um, asked to to contribute uh, to help overlap with with the fullbacks. Um, and so to to speaking to that job, I think they did well. They did link up play pretty well. Uh, but you're right that that from your wingers you expect a little bit more incisive movement and a little bit more goal threat. Um, and Rowe in particular blew the one good chance that came to either of them. 
um, that was a through ball where he was he was through on the left, and if he had just taken his touch, you know, one foot to the left or one foot to the right, um, he would have had a, a pretty clean chance on goal. Um, but he didn't really have the speed to catch up to it properly, and and his touch wasn't great. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall, I think he, pa- a passing grade, but nothing nothing sparkling. The thing with um, with Ariola is that he's a little bit younger. I think he's a little bit more. Um, Let's see. He has a higher upside than Rowe from from what I've seen, um, so I'm I'm more interested in him. But uh, you know, I think for the purposes of this Gold Cup, I think we'll we'll see them uh, play that kind of hard charging, shuttling uh, wing role that they did in this match, and it'll probably be fine. You know, the, it it'll be hard to tell against Martinique and Nicaragua, but um, you know, I think I think they're they're certainly serviceable pros, and when it comes to Areola. I'm I remain more optimistic than his resume shows. Like I talk about the eye test with some of these guys, like Roald sure, Dan, not sure, thinking yeah. that he's actually ever going to be much of a contributor. I think Ariel is the opposite. I, there's something about his his um, his sort of combination of of uh, mental and physical skills where I feel like, especially coming through in a place like Tijuana, if he's able to maybe make that breakthrough this year, become a starter, uh, game in game out for them. Um, I think it could be. Uh, he, he's he's somebody who could who could really be a contributor um, next summer if we were to make it. So I somehow missed in our game recap the sub for Morris. We did get to see a little Jordan Morris. The reason I thought of him was oh, yeah. because of how obvious the difference is when you see someone like Morris come in. Although he was at striker, you see him come in. He gets he's whipping crosses in. He's he he's using his phys- physical ability to an effect. And for those of you out there who are really paying attention, he had a very nice left-footed cross. Very good so, left-footed cross. Yes, uh, yes, he did. So let's let's. Uh, Though keep he an looked eye on quite that. awkward doing it, like like you, <laughs> was you like, know that feeling. Yeah, like if you like try to like counting bat the steps from the other shit. side, you you feel like you're just gonna fall over the whole time. <laughs> and it, uh, yeah, and it's it's it, it was it was one of those um, you know. Uh, moments of coaching showing through. I'm sure they've been working on it both at club and, and international level. And, and he, yeah, um, I'm sure he must see, have had to see to him like, have the confidence to give it a try. Yeah, is better, yeah. better than better than not. I'm Did sh- you know? I, I heard a little tidbit about the reason why he is so. Uh, he prefers his right foot so much. The pigeon toe thing. He's pigeon pigeon toe. Yeah. yeah, like like Gahincha. So he he actually has the foot shape to pull off the cross. Right. But I, and and his, his to be fair, his uh, ersatz. Ur- Right foot crosses are are totally fine. They're just not like there. There are moments in matches that call for different kinds of balls, like the looping ball that lets the striker have more time to catch up, or the low driven cross, those kind of things. And that's just much much harder to to do with the outside of the foot. Um, yeah, it's so not, you know, it's not it's not about the times when. The outside of the foot is a decent option if you can pull it off. It's about the times when it's not, and like you, yeah, you, exactly, you just exactly. And that that particular moment, foot. that ball needed to be high and looping to reach Bedoya on the back post, who did pretty much everything perfectly. It was just a nice save by the by the keeper. So, um, yeah, I thought I thought you know Morris. Uh, uh, there, there's always the it, same with Jossie Zardes. Like, there's always this discussion about what's his best position. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that he he should be a striker. But the reason why he's ending up out wide is because he uh, is not doing well at striker. It's like the 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 rubric for uh, for when you should move positions seems to be when you're not being effective at your actual job, and I feel like that's a little bit of a uh, red herring with these guys. Like I feel like if if Jordan Morris just had if all of his caps uh, were 
were playing up top that that he might be in a different situation. And like ironically, the presence of Clint Dempsey at Seattle might have made it harder for him to develop those skills, which might might be why he's regressing a little bit. I, like this year being asked to lead the line a lot more. Um, so uh, yeah, he's he's a little bit of a, a, a mystery. But my my hope for him would be that. Uh, he continues to get looks at striker, and you know if if someone like Dom Dwyer is the starter for these these matches, that it's the same kind of situation where you give Jordan the chance to to prove himself for twenty thirty minutes at the end of a game, um, and push Dwyer to to be even better. Sure, this is Jordan. Uh, Jordan Morris is entering into the same phase that we saw Yedlin enter into after leaving Seattle Sounders, totally, which is like post totally. initial yeah. hype. And we got to see Yedlin very slowly but very surely claw his way into, uh, you know, a start, a regular starting spot on the Nats and just a general sense of, like, manhood and maturity. <laughs> and I think, right, I think right, over right. the next couple of years, we'll see how this all shakes out and plays out for Jordan Morris. Does Clint Dempsey kind of fade and does Morris become the Sounders' main guy or uh, does he continue to be sort of a fringe, like, pretty good player for them, but not fringe players. Absolutely, the wrong word. But but does he continue no, to be yeah, just yeah. a Sounders player, or is he like, you know, uh, some something? Is he a, a star? You know, that's the, that's yeah, what we want to know. You think is, about um, you think about Dwyer. Dwyer scores a goal every two games for Kansas City. He's done that for five years. Or uh, another similar striker in in terms of goal output would be Bradley Wright Phillips at at New York. Um, and the, and these are guys who you know if they were playing in England they would be playing at, in the championship maybe they're they're either League One or championship players um, so it, you you really have to if 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 Jordan Morris is going to progress and become the World Cup winner that we thought he might have been at some point um, he he needs to progress and fast because two goals in what it was it twelve thirteen games so far this year is, is not good enough. Um, and, and he, he needs to, he needs to step it up uh, if, if he's ever going to, you know, start to fulfill that potential. You don't, you don't recall many elite strikers having complete stinker years like this so far. So, um, you know, especially as he's an older player, you know, he's what, 20, 21, 22, um, at this point, post hype Morris, it's, it's no longer the, uh, no longer the, the, uh, grace period, that it once was for him to be really productive. Um, and so, yeah, th- uh, which is all to go back to saying, like, I, I feel like I would rather these guys just stick it out in their position, which is what we saw Yedlin do eventually. <laughs> like, he was a fullback, he became a winger, then there was all this debate. It's it's distracting. I think it takes away from their, um, their let's see. Development. Uh, ability, yeah, development, the, the ability to kind of fulfill that initial spark that made them a professional um, I don't know. I guess this is a thing in other soccer cultures and nations. Like, yeah, you see the potential, but then when there's a, a blip in form, it's tempting to just, you know, try throwing them out there to do something else. Sure, I, yeah, I and I think, I think the, yeah. Landscape, the landscape is different for other national teams uh, given their scenarios and their domestic leagues and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I definitely don't think we're the only country that that – moves shuffles people around but i do think that it's we're in a category of countries that has a limited amount of good players and tries right, to find right. we're 11, so hungry like, tries to put if we have 11 strikers we're going to teach four of them to play defense you know what i mean that's exactly. that's kind of exactly. we're still kind of in that category of 
teams, whereas a, a major European team is going to say, well, you're our 10th right midfielder, and we don't really care if you... Like the, yeah, we're not going to try. The you German at, at national right team is not going to tell one of their their tenth right midfielders like, oh, you should try left mid, or you should try right, 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 right back exactly, instead exactly. because you might yeah. be eighth on the list. You know that, that right, like right. that's a probably a personal Next guy decision. Up, please, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, so, so to the to the um, the goal of this gold cup, which is to. Uh, fill out the roster for a potential World Cup next summer. Bruce said so himself. Um, this this friendly, I think, uh, gave us gave us some important data. It gave us the the uh, the sight of Kellen Acosta in full full tilt, which is pretty exceptional. He's almost there, um, dude. I I maintain that we have yet to see Kellen Acosta full tilt. I think we will this tournament. He's almost there. He's on his way. Yeah, I think you could be right. I think the the big challenge for him is um, is big moments, and yeah. and the fact that it's taken him you know four or five caps under Arena to really make an impression is uh, is tough. Because, it's not a good sign. Because um, when you go into a World Cup, like uh, you know, the larger point is is he ready when the moment gets big, and and that that'll be a good uh, a good thing to observe in this Gold Cup as well, and maybe for him to develop that skill a little bit. But he got sent off in the under twenty. Uh, knockout round game against uh, Colombia, and it seemed like in some of these bigger pressure moments um, in World Cup qualifying and the the friendlies surrounding it, um, you know, le- less so lately, but initially, uh, it was harder for him to to make an impression when he felt the pressure to succeed. Um, so you think, well, the World Cup is all about you know immense pressure, That's what like it the, is. the yeah. likes of which nobody has ever experienced in their career before. So you worry about those about those moments, but hopefully this Gold Cup, you know, it's his it's his first uh, senior tournament where he's been expected to be a big contributor. Um, so maybe it'll give him a, an opportunity to work out some of those those jitters and uh, experience the success that will enable him to to be more confident for for the next tournament, Absolutely. which is hopefully a much bigger one. I think so, and I think that there are certain types of players who uh, certain types of people really who reach moments in their life that are unlike anything they've ever seen, whether that's going from, like, the 10-year-old league to the 12-year-old league or going from MLS to the World Cup. Same thing. It's There are people who are are thrown into something they've never seen before and and flourish and lock in and, right. and their their right. their eyes seem to focus in dial in tighter, Dempsey. you know. Dempsey is that. Dempsey is the definition Derek of Jeter. that. Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is that for sure. Um Kalen Acosta is not that. And I think I think we have to accept that, that that is true about Kalen Acosta. This is someone who came up in a very comfortable and cozy youth MLS system. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's he's very like he's he's not that dude who's gonna like step up to another you know, maybe Jorge Villafania is somebody who flourishes, you know, under every time we put this guy in something he's not supposed to be good enough for, he gets well, better. Well clearly, I mean he won a he won a contest. <laughs> Of thousands of it's people insane. to uh, yeah, just get a spot not, on an MLS people team. People may not know that. So this guy is basically like was was on a novelty TV show. Was not a professional soccer player. Novelty TV show to get like a novelty spot on a pro team. Be like, oh my god, I'm a pro, and maybe get paid for six months and disappear. He fucking turned that into a career, and you know, a few a, years, a, a, an excellent career, like a bomb ass career. Now he's career. a pro in Mexico, yeah, which so is outstanding. It's amazing, well, amazing, amazing. He has he has nothing on the dude from Ghana who is a policeman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about this. Who's this guy? 
<laughs> you must have missed this this uh, I, I was, tangent yeah, during no, the I broadcast. I wasn't listening to the uh, audio but, of the broadcast. Uh, one of the one of the players for for Ghana, uh, his <laughs> day job is being a policeman, and he is the security detail for the Ghanaian national team. <laughs> oh my god! So and he he moonlights as a professional soccer player, and I guess they decided that he was actually good enough in the Ghanaian league to merit a look for the Nats. That's. The absurd. Probably a little bit so, of favoritism too. Like we just love this yeah, guy. Yeah. Well, wh- what he said was what he said was like the reason why he was the security officer for the team was that he like grew up with a lot of the guys and they knew him and so so clearly like within the camp he's just a known like he's just you know uh, uh, he's always been around. Yeah, yeah. And so they were like you know when when the when the time comes up if he's playing well and they know him and they like him why not have a look. That's so, so this guy awesome. this guy he he is an active police officer that's and he was part of a US rad, men's dude. national team match. That's so that's pretty so excellent. Rad. So props those are people him. these are major, people who are stepping props. up and Living stepping the dream. yeah they're they're stepping into these situations. I don't think Kellen Acosta is that. I think we have the perfect coach to foster Kellen Acosta, you know. Jurgen would have ruined this dude's development, I think uh Someone, Bruce is, well, maybe not throwing, maybe I shouldn't throw darts like that, but let me just say this, that what Kellen needs, and uh, Ty, can you remind me of Kellen's mother's name again? Kanika. 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 Kanika, maybe you can, maybe, maybe, maybe you'd agree. Reach out to us on Twitter, as you sometimes do, at WTP Pod, and tell us what you you think Kellen needs. I think Kellen needs uh, as much comfort as possible. I think he needs some hand-holding. I think he needs um, slow build into high-pressure situations. I just think that's who he is. I think we should be very careful with this delicate flower. And I think if we do it right, he can he can blossom absolutely into right, a right. really good player. I mean, potentially playing in England or, or elsewhere and, and, you know, winning World Cups and shit like that. Like, I totally think he's got winning it all. A World Cups, I do like not, no he is not going to do it in the Pulisic way of being like thrust into no. the limelight. That right. will not exactly. work for this kid. We have to, we got it. So Gold Cup, many starts, lots of minutes. That's, that's what he needs and that's what he's getting. Yeah. It, it feels like he is actually going to be a late bloomer. It does, but that it? his late blooming is not going to be. Oh man, he's you know Dax McCarty, late bloomer. He's a, he's uh, he's a solid U.S. player. It's going to be he's a solid U.S. player, and then all of a sudden at like twenty five, twenty six, he's going to become uh, super super good, like yeah, M- like uh, MVP caliber in MLS or able to play in a top level European league. So, I agree with that. Um, I agree with that. I think he should hang out in the MLS for a few more years. I usually don't think that about our better players, but for Kellen. I, th- I think he should stay where he's at. Just keep doing what he's doing until he gets increasingly comfortable. And when he's ready, and make a move to another team that's not uh, very different culturally, maybe something in Mexico or something like that. Yeah, and one, one, side, one side point, uh, looking back on the history of Bruce Arena's U.S. teams, um, in the 2002 team, there were two 20-year-olds. Uh, one was a, a confident, uh, gifted winger named Demarcus Beasley who landed on his feet anywhere he went, always became a, 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 a starter quickly, uh, reached a Champions League semifinal in Europe. Um, and then the other was a, a shy but talented kid who wasn't able to crack it in Europe, uh, being, being far from home, um, the rigors of, of being a, a, a pro over there and, and facing... facing uh, uh, challenges from from the people you're supposed to be teammates with uh landon donovan someone who needed to be home someone who needed that that bubble a little bit in that comfort zone in order to thrive so under bruce you've seen both uh 
types of player, both psychologies of player, uh, succeed in a way that certain previous coaches, I think Bradley might have been better for the stay-at-home comfort zone kind of guys, and Klinsman was definitely better for the, uh, the, the freelancers. Yeah. Um, and, and Bruce seems to have the man management skills to identify who's who and to give them what they need to succeed. I like that. I like the, the uh, parallel universes there of Demarcus Beasley and Landon Donovan. Ty, let me ask you a question. Let's zoom out a little bit. Uh, are we going to win the Gold Cup? We better. <laughs> are we going to win this the, motherfucking the, thing? Are we going to win this yeah, thing or I mean, what? I, I, you know, our, our biggest challenge uh, is always going to be Mexico. Not always, but this time. Um, oh fuck! Wait, wait, wait! The, What'd you think of Kenny Saif? Real quick, before we go into are we oh, going to win? Kenny Saif. Just a, uh, let's do he, a quick he didn't have enough time to really make an impression. Seems to be hurt, but he was enthusiastic in his twenty-five minutes or whatnot. Sure. I like his look. Um, He's got a good look. Yeah, I like the look of him. He's grizzly. I, like I wouldn't want to play against I like that how guy. He, I like his quotes. I like the quotes I'm hearing. He seems psyched to be there, so that's cool. Excellent. Um, are we going to win the gold cup? <laughs> yeah, we're going to win the gold cup if if we can if we can beat uh, a. Let's see, entirely domestically based Mexico team. So they, they basically have their uh, first through 17th players, um, or had, uh, at the Confederations Cup. And they have the, the, uh, the B team here at the um, Gold Cup. It's entirely uh, uh, Liga MX-based uh, squad. So uh, we've had plenty of challenges with those, those, those teams in the league. Um, so I suppose, you know, maybe maybe it's uh, more of a, a, a coin flip than I'm thinking, given that our, our best guys aren't here either. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think we have we have a, as, as good a shot as, as we ever do, and, and we should absolutely expect to make it to the final, um, you know, leaving winning aside. So, guys, the next game we're going to play, it's going to occur on Saturday uh, at 4.30 Eastern Time. <laughs> Okay. Uh, that's, and it's the big one. And it's the big one. It's July 8th. It's versus motherfucking Panama. Uh, it's going to be on Fox and Univision, if you're trying to watch it. Ty, uh, you know, I'm hearing all these scary sights and sounds creeping up around me and my shoulders and my neck. It's pretty terrifying. Uh, who are these Sounds people? It's, it's, it's itchy. It's scary and <laughs> irritating. Who are these people? <laughs> Who are these people? Oh, it's hard. It's horrifying. I turn to my comrade in the trenches and I ask to him a question. Who are these people? Panama. Panama is uh, one of the, the solid second-tier teams in CONCACAF. We got to see them very recently play at home where... Uh, according to the U.S. soccer media, this motley crew of so-so players becomes a impenetrable fortress that you're, where you're lucky to get a point away. Um, of course, we know uh, on on the We the People podcast that uh, a draw is when you lose two points, and we we totally lost two points down in Panama because uh, none of their players would would crack our starting eleven except for maybe uh, Roman Torres who uh, happens to not even be involved in this iteration of the, the Panama team. So you're looking at very much a, a lower tier of competition, a, a couple domestic-based players, a couple players who uh, play overseas, but in, in um, lower uh, leagues, like in uh, Switzerland, for instance, Gabby Torres plays. Um, and so they, they have a solid organization. They have a lot of experience playing against the U.S. They are very good at the dark arts. 
Uh, they're very sound psychologically, very the dark unified. Arts, the dark arts being CONCACAF uh, time-wasting and injury-faking and shit like that. Frustrating And shit things. like that. Exactly. And th- things that American players tend to, uh, tend to shun, for, which, which I like, but also are very naive to. So, um, yeah. So, so the, the times that we drop points against them are when they put up a solid defensive performance, which they, they, they tend to do, um, and when they can sneak a goal. They, they tend not to be uh, the most clinical in front of goal, um, as we've seen in some of their World Cup qualifying matches so far. Um, but they, they will, you know, they will bunker, they will counter and, and the, the U S has to be alert in the match. Uh, the, the qualifier in down in Panama, the goal we gave up was so soft. It was like this corner that was cleared and then, uh, put back into the area and all of our defenders had switched off cause it was cleared. So it was this, it was this, you know, very messy, very, uh, indisciplined, uh, U.S. defense that that leaked that goal, and if it wasn't for that that mental lapse, um, I think we we surely would have won. So, um, in a match like this, we have to focus on being uh, being mentally strong, being ready to play a full ninety minutes where they're never going to give up. Um, you know, sometimes you play teams where the first goal goes in, and then it becomes easy to get the second and get the third. That is not Panama. Panama is a very professional, very organized. Uh, side, so we have to be ready for a for a good fight. But we we ought to get out of there with uh, with the zero points, and uh, with that we'll be almost through to the knockout and with rounds. With the zero points, the he means with three Gold points structured to win. Just just to be clear, yeah. we got we got some just new listeners. Clear, folks, on, on with the people, you, a win is zero. That's right. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. If it's your first time with the show, uh, hey, what up? You welcome to the rest of your life. Follow us uh, on Twitter at WTPPod. You're welcome. Follow us on Twitter at WTPPod. If you've been watching the show and enjoying the show, shoot us a review. We go for five stars. Uh, Four stars is a minus two for us. Uh, this is an ongoing joke slash analysis. Uh, we're, we're just being confusing and annoying. That's all it is. Just don't worry about it. But uh, thank you so much for joining us if you're new. Uh, guys, this is round one, Gold Cup. What's the whole road look like? How many games would it take, let's say, to uh, win the trophy? Yep, so the, that trophy uh, is after the knockout round, there are three knockout... Sorry, after the group stage, there are three knockout games uh, culminating in a final. Um, which means since the field is 12 teams that a number of the third place teams go through to the knockout round, which always sucks, always ruins the group stage, makes it totally non-competitive. In this case, um, and and as often happens at the Gold Cup, our group is pretty soft. We have uh, Panama, easily the toughest test and and should still be a a, a, a straightforward victory. Uh, And then we have Martinique and Nicaragua. So um, it's not going to be the most... uh, the most rigorous uh, group stage, and then ideally we go through as uh, the the winner of that group. What tends to happen is uh, we and Mexico go through as the winner of our groups, and they structure the groups such that U.S. the U.S. and Mexico meet in the final, which is the most important thing for Concacaf to make a bunch of uh, filthy, filthy dollars, line their pockets with with grubby, grubby golden, paper, golden grubby checks, <laughs> and uh, and so and. Uh, even to the degree that the refereeing will will at times conspire to um, to try to try to make things like that happen. So um, yeah, so so the most likely result is uh, that the U.S. and Mexico meet in a final, and I guess we'll get to see whether uh, our B team how our B team matches up to their B team. It'll be a little bit of an MLS versus Liga MX uh, uh, rivalry, but but with a maybe a, a couple of our. Um, uh, 
uh, more more prominent MLSers in the mix as well. I like that. I like that idea very much that there's sort of a, an MLS Liga Mekis thing happening here with these two teams. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hyped for this. This is going to be fun. We're going into real competition. That was just a friendly. Now we're going into the real shit. Are you guys going to join us? Are you going to be there with us? Uh, we'd, love, we'd love to have you there. Ty, how should we transition into Bruce Mail? We got we got some Bruce Mail for the people. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Why Clayton is uh, hemming and hawing? I'm hemming and hawing. Is I'm, that he's I'm, just I'm so eager to share with you the 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 latest voicemail that Bruce Arena left on his phone. He has been blowing you up. <laughs> he sure. But he has. calls you at he calls you at strange times because he he's a strange man. He is a strange man. So he's he's been leaving you messages while you've been while you've been asleep That's or right. at work or whatnot. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess we can just play it and let the let the people decide, you know, what they think. Clayton's Bruce here. After our victory against Ghana, just wanted to give you a call, give you some updates on the way that we're gonna approach the Gold Cup. Decided to make some changes. We noticed Ghana going out with a policeman as a part of their squad. We thought that was a wonderful idea. So we thought some folks from from ordinary life would make good additions. The guy at the post office, Ernesto, he always hooks me up. Priority, baby. My uh, my accountant, Lisa. Lisa knows all the tricks. She's going to be out on the wing. Finally, my proctologist, Muhammad. He's going to help keep things locked down in the back. Also, I was just uh, doing my duty as your roommate. Just trying to be helpful to you. Uh going through reading all of your emails, personal correspondences, found a couple good reviews from your, from your podcast fans. They really seem like nice folks. I got one here. It says, great USMNT podcast. This is from In Shein. There's a little note on the side that says, this is a former US Marine, so he can join the squad as well. I'm sure that'll be very helpful. I recently heard this podcast when they had Wendy as a guest, and I've subscribed to them. They're hilarious and very informative on the USMNT and their games. They definitely made a fan out of me. I'm a fan of you in Cheyenne. Got one more here. It's from Taylor and Daryl, Kings of Pod. It says, WTP Pod, rapper and web designer, solid enthusiasm for USMNT. The West Coast-based rapper and East Coast-based web designer, brothers, I think. Show a solid enthusiasm for all things USMNT, combining humor with insight into USMNT play, past, present, future. The Fishies report sheds light on the up-and-comers from the U.S. national teams. Four stars because the boys commit more errors on the pod than Timmy Chandler play in RB for the red, white, and blue. True that, Taylor and Daryl, kings of pod. Sorry, Clayton, I gotta run. DeMarcus needs me to dress him up in a onesie. And rock him until he sleeps. It's how he stays young. See ya. Wow. Wow. Loved it. Dude, uh, uh, first of all, a review coming to us from a U.S. Marine proper. Thank you for your service. Thank you for listening. Thank you. My God. Thank you, sir. Uh, just such a wonderful thing. Uh, a review coming to us with some honesty about... Uh, <laughs> I'm noticing one of the common notes is enthusiasm. One of the less common... A lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, a lot of enthusiasm. We got that We're the Dom funny, Dwyer of the game. Funny is, like, is, is sometimes mentioned. One thing that's not <laughs> informative, uh, but like 
sharp analysis. <laughs> there's, 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 <laughs> like, we make as many mistakes. Notably absent. We make as many mistakes <laughs> as Timmy Chandler in, in a USA jersey. Kind of true. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of true. Uh, kind of true. And I know you're not Taylor and Daryl Kings of Pot. <laughs> I know who you are. Shouts to you, Total Soccer Show. We love you very much. Uh, we love you very much. Not as much as we love you, but we do like Total Soccer Show. That's right. Guys, uh, shoot us some reviews. They will get read on the show. It's so nice of him to read them um, to, for we're Bruce really to grateful, read them to you. Yeah, that Bruce is doing that. I'm really grateful. It's it's a really good roommate move, you know, like like doing the dishes or or You don't have to do any of your emails. Hangout. You just let him take care of them. Yeah, it's really a wonderful thing. He's doing a lot around the house. Things are getting a lot tidier. So shoot us some reviews if you'd like for him to know that and for us to know that. And uh, it'll it'll help us skyrocket into podcast supremacy. So you can be a part of that, the the inevitable tide of we the people. <laughs> Uh, folks, that's a little Islam reference. Folks, uh, I I very Boom. much I very much like a a uh, sawtooth synth analog. You know, it's got a certain sound to it, certain edge to it. It's like pokiness, ha- pokey hairs on the ears, and it's ow. it's irreplaceable. It's like ow, I like that. I think <laughs> I love putting a final coat of varnish on a piece of wood of any kind. Third coats when it really gets buttery. That's where it's at. Uh, super into that. That's right. And I really, really quite like to stretch out my uh, quads and doing calisthenics of any kind. But I don't love any of that shit as much as I absolutely adore the Nats. Let's go, boys. Woo! Gold cup, baby. Woo-hoo! It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Funny. Yarvig, funny. (laughs) (laughs) He's being funny. Four stars because the boys commit more errors on the pod than Timmy Chandler wearing the red, white, and blue. (laughs) That's awesome. That's so fucking hilarious. Okay, cool. Uh...